situation and uh, in and out of the church building. Be very careful. We have salted. However, this time of year has been is very difficult to try to keep uh, ahead of everything. But thank you for all those that are helping with that. We appreciate that so very much. Amen. We're going to ask those that uh, need prayer just to come right here to the front. And our prayer team, if you would uh, just gather around them. Sister Marlena is not doing well today. Uh, so we want to pray for Sister Marlena and ask the Lord to, to touch her body. And others that have need of prayer, uh, we want to pray for them as well. Uh, Sister Bell, also, if we could have some of the prayer team prayer, pray for this sister as well. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for each and every one of these men and women who are in need today. We thank you because you're the God that answers prayer. You may not answer the way we choose for you to answer, but you're still a prayer answering God. And your word says you do all things well. And we believe that, Lord. We know that you do all things well. So I pray this morning that you would touch Sister Marlena, that you would touch her body, that you would let her feel relief from the pain that is there. I pray that you would lift her up. By your stripes we were healed. I pray for Sister Belle, Lord, that you would touch her and that you administer healing unto her body, the challenges she is facing. I pray that you administer to her in a mighty way. I pray, God, that you would just touch Brianna this morning and the entire Montgomery family, that you would let them know that there are people that love them, that are praying for them, that are lifting them up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them great strength in this time, Lord. I pray for others who are here today that you would touch their bodies, that you would raise them up, Lord. I pray for those that are not able to be here this morning, God, that are wrestling with a virus, that are wrestling with colds and flu symptoms, Lord, and other things. I pray for healing in them, Lord. I pray for those that are in our medical uh, teams in the United States, God, and across the world, that you would give them wisdom to be able to administer the care and the help to those that are in need, Lord Jesus, that we might strike this virus down in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray this morning for those that are watching online, that you would touch them and that the hand of God would reach out to where they're at. Lord, that you would minister to their need. We pray for those that are in need of jobs, God, that you would open the doors and that you would supply jobs for those that are in need. And Lord, this morning as we praise you on this first Sunday, I pray that the hand of God would be among us. And Lord, that together we would lift up our hands and that we would praise you with all of our hearts. For that we will praise and honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Would you join with me and say, yes, I still believe. Yes, I still believe. I know that we've come through a difficult time in 2020, but guess what? Yes, I still believe. Turn to someone near you and say, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, I still believe.
let's worship the Lord one more time. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your mercy and your goodness. Thank you for the blood that washes, Lord, white as snow. Thank you, Father, for it reaches to the highest mountain and it goes down to the lowest valley. We thank you today. Amen. Asking the ushers to come and wait upon us. You may be seated if you'd like. And you have an opportunity to be able to give a brand new opportunity at the beginning of the year. And uh, I wanted to take this moment and just encourage you, if you don't tithe, I want to encourage you to tithe. If you will tithe, God's blessings will rest upon you. Amen. Amen. The Bible is very clear that when we bring our tithe into the storehouse, this is the storehouse here. This is the place where you get fed. This is a place where you get nourished. This is a place where you're cared for. And this is the place where you bring your money, your tithes and your offerings to be able to help others as well when they are in need. And there may be a time when you're in need and that you're going to need help also. But the real reason we bring our tithe is because it recognizes that Jesus is Lord of our life. That's the real reason. We put our tithe first. The Bible calls it the first fruits. We take that and we give that to the Lord first. And what that does is it demonstrates that I believe God for everything in my life. He's not Lord just of, of my emotions, not Lord just of this area of my life, but he's the Lord of my finances. Someone once said that when a man or a woman begin to tithe and they begin to give to God, that's a first indication that the Lord has taken dominion in their hearts. Because I'll tell you, when there's this much money to go around and uh, you have only this much money uh, to be able to make this many payments and this many bills, it's really an act of faith. And the Lord has said that if you will give to me, I will supply all of your need according to your riches and glory. And you know that the Bible teaches us this, that when we bring the tithe into the storehouse, the Bible says God will rebuke the devourer. Rebuke the devourer. I've had people I've sat and I've talked to about tithing, and they say, well, I'm, I'm doing good. I have more money than I ever have, and I don't tithe. And I ask them this question, how's your family doing? Well, not so well. I said, have you ever stopped to consider maybe the devourer is attacking you through your family? And when you tithe, the Lord rebukes that devourer. You see, I, only, I not only give because it's right, but I give because in the future I want the Lord to stand and rebuke the devourer, not only in my life, but also in my family's life, my children and my children's children as well. One man came to me and he said, Pastor, I tithe and I support this congregation because when I'm gone, I want there to be something here. And I want it to be said of me that I am one of the reasons why that this church stands strong. So you say, Pastor, why are you doing this at the beginning of the year? I can't think of any other time better than to do this. Amen. I'm encouraging you to tithe. I'm encouraging you to give offering unto the Lord. I'm encouraging you to do that and with everything that comes into your life. Any money that comes your way, make up your mind, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give that to the Lord. I'm going to set it apart as the first fruits, holy unto the Lord. And if you'll do that, you'll begin to see some wonderful things happen in your life. Amen.
I used to feel bad to talking about money and tithing, but now that I've reached 62, it doesn't bother me anymore. And after pastoring for 37 years, I realized that uh, those that love this message and those that love this truth, they're just going to go, yes, sir, amen. And those that perhaps are coming a little bit short, it will be just enough to be able to make them either look into the Word of God, make them a little bit upset so that they will look in there and they'll begin to embrace these blessings that are there. Amen. So I encourage you, give. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say thank you last year uh, to all of the tremendous giving. Pastor Anthony and I, we've been, and Sister McKay, we've been watching, and Brother Jason, been looking to make sure that we are uh, doing well with the finances of the congregation. And I'm happy to say, though our attendance is down because of uh, all that we have gone through, at the end of the year, our, our, our tithe was way up. And we ended the year in a positive balance because you gave unto the Lord. Amen. Now, there are not many churches that can say that, but because you have been faithful, God has blessed you, and God has blessed this church. Some people have come to me and they said, Pastor, I've got more money now than I ever have in the midst of the pandemic. You know why? Because you know how to give, and God will give you as much as he can trust you with. As much as, he will, as much as you will allow to flow through your hands, God will give you that. I'm not preaching this morning, so i got to get out of the way. But uh, I wanted to just give you this opportunity, and I wanted to talk to you about this most important subject of tithing and offering. And so, I will be a first partaker. Every week, you'll see me put a check into this offering plate. And to now, uh, the reason why, I, I, sometimes I give online. But I always want to have something because I know people look at me when it's time for offerings. All right? Am I right about that? Do you look at me when it's time for offerings? Yeah, you do. <laughs> people look at the pastors, all of us, you know, and I know uh, Sister Maynard, she gives online. I think Heather gives online. Pastor Anthony gives online. And that's all right. But this is me. So, all right? And so if you don't see somebody giving, please don't say, oh, my God, they're not giving. Yes, they are. We have a couple different ways to give now that you brought it up. If you're online and you're watching by, the, by uh, uh, Facebook or our website, you can, uh, you can, there's a place there where you can uh, give online right there. And uh, it'll take it right out of your bank account, and it will put it here in the church's account. You can send your offering to the church, 8213 North Alpine Road, Loves Park, 61115. Or you could come to service and you could give it physically. So, Father, this is my offering. This is my tithe. We lift our tithes and our offerings up to you, knowing that you've said in your word that we need to give. And when we give, it shall be given back unto us. We give with this understanding that it will be given back with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You said, shall men give into our bosoms. Lord, we give because we want the devourer to be rebuked. And so rebuke the devourer. I pray that on this first Sunday, that your people, that they would learn again that you take care of your own. And so we give in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you as you give today.
set free. Pardon me a moment while I have the jubilee. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. I have been loosed. I've been set free. I have been loosed. I've been set free. Pardon me a moment while I have the jubilee. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. I feel the joy of the Lord. I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. Delivering me, I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. I feel the joy loosed. I've been set free. Pardon me a moment while I have a jubilee. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. Somebody put a smile on your face and look at the person sitting next to you and say, I got the joy of the Lord this morning. Amen. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Now look at the other person sitting next to you. Put a bigger smile on your face and say, I got the joy of the Lord this morning. <laughs> yes. The joy of the Lord is our strength this morning. We are not defeated. Some of y'all came in here with a defeated mindset this morning. I see it all over you. But I didn't. Sister Marlena didn't. The joy of the Lord is your strength this morning. We are not defeated. We are 2021 is going to be a year of not defeat, but of joy in the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. God is so good. He is so, so good in this place. I'm so glad the joy of the Lord is in this place this morning, even during the midst of many difficulties with many different families in this place we can look to the Lord for our strength and our help through the most difficult of days and even through that valley of shadow and of death as David says the Lord is with you he is with you he will comfort you he will be there for this church for this people he has not given up on you he's not given up on firstborn he is here for you. God bless you. If you can stand this morning, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. First Samuel 30. Great job by the praise team. God bless them. Amen. God bless them. Amen. Amen. Welcome. So glad you're here. What a great crowd we have this morning. We have many watching online. I looked at some of the numbers. We have close to 40 different devices, people, more than I'm sure 40. But thank you for watching this morning. Great job to the team in the back putting out the, the streaming for everyone to watch. Amen. First Samuel, the 30th chapter. We're going to read 10 verses there. 
And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and spit in Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David said to Abathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, so David, he went, he and the six hundred men that were with him, and came to the brook of Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and four hundred men, for two hundred abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over to the brook of Besor. God bless you here this morning. Again, so thankful that you are here to each and every one of you. We love and care about you. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to save the title to this message for a little while here this morning and try to lay some groundwork, but I, I truly believe the the Lord wants to do something mightily in our midst here, if we will allow Him. Over 58 years ago, one of President Kennedy's most famous speeches was given. JFK gave this speech on September 12, 1962. It was referred to as JFK's Moon Speech. And it still resonates today. Kennedy's stirring, soaring moon speech was delivered at Rice University in Houston. And it laid out why the president believed sending astronauts to the Earth's nearest neighbor by the end of the 1960s was so important. Kennedy had first aired that ambitious goal of May of 1961 just six weeks after the Soviet Union had the first human to reach space. The Rice speech marked a key moment in the trajectory of the Apollo program and space exploration in general, experts say. The curator of Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum said these words about the speech. Clearly, it's important because you've got a president who steps up and says, we're going to do it, makes its policy objective, makes it a budgetary priority, and reaffirms that commitment. 
Kennedy's vision came true on July 20th, 1969. Late astronaut Neil Armstrong stepped onto the lunar surface. Four days later, he and his two Apollo 11 crewmates splashed down safely into the Pacific Ocean, wrapping up a huge victory for the United States over the Soviets in the Cold War space race. On a side note, if you didn't know, the first man to reach those astronauts after it had been uh, safely down in the Pacific Ocean is a United Pentecostal Church International preacher. He was the first man to go and to open up that lid and see if those men were alive or dead. That's pretty cool, I think. That's pretty neat, uh, a neat thing right there. But Kennedy stressed that the world would be better off with the United States leading the way and pursuing space. There was a lot of controversy surrounding this program, the money that was going to be spent on it, and whether they should continue it or not. JFK said this in this speech, For the eyes of the world now look into space, to the moon and to the planets beyond. We have vowed that we shall not see it governed by a hostile flag of conquest, but by a banner of freedom and peace. The president told 40,000 people in Rice's football stadium that day, We have vowed that we shall not see space filled with weapons of mass destruction, but with instruments of knowledge and understanding. And perhaps the speech's most famous passage, Kennedy acknowledged the difficulty of Apollo's quest but argued that a challenge brings out the best in the United States. We choose to go to the moon, the president said. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone and one which we intend to win, and others too. Kennedy's words, no more close to now 60 years ago, still have power to inspire today. And I was inspired as I studied this speech for this sermon that I am bringing to each of you here that are watching today. We Americans have always been on the pursuit of getting better. Even from the beginning of this great country, it started with a pursuit for a better land so that they could worship God without the government getting in their way. Columbus setting foot on this new land, and then as we study the history of the United States and and the North America, then the Oregon Trail, and there would be land rushes and gold rushes and wagon trains and river boats and cities built until there was no place to build but up. And so we went in that direction too. We created outrageous things just because we could. The Hoover Dam, the Golden Gate Bridge, the Empire State Building, which started to rise the year after the stock market crashed. Because what better way to respond to a global economic crisis than to build the world's tallest skyscraper at that time? We got to the moon 40 years later, and true to our hot rotting spirit, we get a car up there as well. In the past year, we have gone through a pandemic that has challenged everyone in this room, but I'm thankful for the doctors and the nurses that kept pursuing for answers and have developed treatments for this terrible, terrible disease and now scientists pursuing and developing a vaccine. And we are a nation of pursuers. We are a nation of not just good enough, but being the best that we can be. I think this message is a tag-on to last week's message when from our senior pastor, he said that 
that God is, is bringing us to a, a new level. We're not to look backward in the rear view mirror, but we are look, to look forward and, and, and to be not lukewarm, but be on fire with the Holy Ghost. I have come with a message for this church to begin this new year that is full of hopes and dreams. To tell Firstborn Ministries once again, like I said earlier but while we were singing that song, that we are not defeated and our best days are not in our rearview mirror, but the best days are in front of us. And just directly ahead, this city is ready for a great revival unlike we have ever seen. And so I've come here in this service, this first day on the 3rd of January of 2021, to preach to you on this new year this thought. It's going to be a poor year. It's going to be a poor year. We had about 25 people leave right then online. You can just switch to the latest and greatest live stream of some other church. Don't jump off just yet. Don't jump off in this room just yet. Because something's getting ready to break out in this room here this morning. Let me try to build a little bit more groundwork. Please stay with me here this morning. We'll get to some, hopefully, some yelling and screaming and preaching here in just a minute, All right. (laughs) But just a little bit of a backstory of what is happening in the scripture that we have just read. David, he has been on the run for a long time from King Saul who wanted to kill him. David, he said in 1 Samuel, the 27th chapter in verse 1, he said, in his heart, I will not perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, the enemy. And Saul shall not despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. See, these are insights into the heart of David in the midst of, of a long and difficult circumstance. Saul's relentless pursuit of David continued year after year, in spite of the fact that David spared Saul's life on several occasions. David finally came to the conclusion that Saul was not going to change. The situation seemed hopeless, and David now was at a point of weariness in his mind, weariness in his body, and he succumbed to a logical solution to stop running and to stop fighting for the things that were right and get in bed with the enemy and go behind enemy lines and join the enemy fight because he believed that Saul would stop chasing after him if he did that. For centuries, the Philistines had been one of the chief enemies of God's purposes and God's people. We see them even in the days of Isaac contending for his wells and God's promises. The very meaning of Philistine is this. It's to wear down. It's to roll or wallow in self-pity. They wore people down and they made them roll and wallow in self-pity. Have we not all been there at one time and been victims and caught in the land of the Philistines, of being wore down and rolling and wallowing in our self-pity. When we face situations with our health, health and financial issues and sins that plague us and temptations and struggles with relationships and many other circumstances, when we are under assault often for years by the enemy without a remedy in sight and consciously or subconsciously, we give into a life of defeat 
and despair of ever knowing a victory in a particular situation or problem. And the enemy wears us down and then we roll in the mud of the enemy and we roll in our own self-pity and we wallow in our own self-pity and we think, woe is me. We go and we live in the very place that where we, where we have even defeated our biggest giants. There we go back to where we've had our biggest victories in life and instead of having another victory we we get to with the other side and we start living with the enemy because of the overwhelming issues in life and David had it right Saul it says he sought him no more in verse number four it says that David was no longer running from that Saul that king Saul anymore when Saul heard that David had moved into the land of the Philistines he no longer pursued after him and so it is with the enemy of our souls a defeated and hopeless Christian is no longer a threat to Satan's dominion and and for we are dwelling in the, his place of rule can I tell you here this morning if you have no problems and or if you have problems this morning and you have given up and if, if you have if you even are in this place and you have no problems and, and you feel like that everything is going right, you might need to look at where you are living your life this morning. Because as long as you don't fight back, as long as you stop pursuing after God's will for your life, the enemy will stop pursuing after you. If you are comfortable with where you are at and stagnant and lukewarm, the devil will not be hot on your trail because he already has you under his submission and subjection in his life. And there, if it was bad enough for David to move to the land of the Philistines, David went even further and he asked the king of the Philistines to appoint a place for him to dwell. And the king, uh, there he said, I will give you a place to dwell. He was more than pleased to give David a place. And he said, you can have Ziklag as your place to dwell. Ziklag comes from the Hebrew word, root verb meaning press. Uh, it's someone or something. It, it's a press that someone or something is, is about to reveal what is inside of that person. It presses uh, someone mentally and physically to reveal what is inside of that person. Ziklag is a place that was going to squeeze David. It was going to squeeze his men like the grape is squeezed in the press to make grape juice. It, it squeezes you physically and mentally to expose what is on the inside. And Ziklag is a place where we find ourselves then when the press is on and the situation is dire. And in that moment, will we revert to our own devices and, and seek out the refuge of the enemy? Or will we take what is right? rightfully ours and storm the gates of hell and what is inside of you here this morning that is being squeezed out Sometimes it takes the squeezing of Ziklag to reveal what is inside of someone. It's a necessary thing to reveal the work of God inside of you. It's a necessary thing to be squeezed sometimes so we can expose the hidden reliances on other things except for God alone. It, it exposes and it challenges the pressing of time, the, the pressing of living in Ziklag. And there David is pressed mentally, physically. I tell you here this morning that 
the Amalekites should not even have been in David's picture. Saul was to utterly destroy them. Mordecai wouldn't have had Haman to deal with. Ishmael wouldn't have mocked the promise of Abraham would have stayed the course. If Saul would have killed and destroyed the Amalekites, David would have never been in the situation that he was in. What I'm saying to you is this, is today's obedience will remove future enemies and difficulties in your life. If we walk in obedience today, because if you do, who knows what enemies that you will destroy, that your kids and your family will never have to deal with, because you obeyed, and you obeyed and followed after the plan of God. I want to tell somebody here this morning, or that's watching online, today you can be the one to break generational curses on your family. Maybe there's an abuse of alcohol and drugs maybe there's fear in your family and anxiety God wants to break that in your life if you don't compromise the things of God and if you don't let the enemy reign in your life you can cut down things today that your kids will never have to deal with that your grandkids will never have to deal with It's time to cut off the strongholds in your family. It's time to cut off the strongholds in your life. I don't want my son to have to deal with things I've dealt with. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to cut it off. Saul, cut it off. Because there's a David coming after. That's going to be in a bind and a press. And if you... There's going to be things that face this congregation that would have never we would have never had to face if we didn't make up our mind today that we're going to cut it off right now completely and it's going to be gone forever. There are things in your family's life that you have been dealing with after generation after generation after generation. You need to stand up this morning and say it stops with me. It stops with me. Because today's obedience will remove future enemies and difficulties, not only for you, but your kids and your grandkids. While seeking to help the enemy, there. Him and David and 600 men start walking back to their home. And there they find and come around the corner. And they find smoke billowing in the distance. They smell fire. Oh, that distinct smell of fire. I believe before they even got home on what historians and Bible scholars believe to be a long journey, at least 20 miles. Some say up to 50. As they rounded and saw their homes destroyed, I think and I believe the tears started even then. The pain 
started even then. The hurt started even then. They were thinking, I wonder if our wives and kids are even alive. I wonder if anything is left that we have. They start murmuring, start talking about that man, that leader, David. They get to the camp and there they find their, everything was utterly destroyed. and Their wives and their kids were taken captive as slaves. The only reason they didn't kill them was because they wanted them as slaves. 1 Samuel 30 and 4 says, And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. It's hard to even comprehend the depths of grief that they were feeling. In the midst of this great sorrow, we read that David's men began to speak of stoning him. They were so distressed, and, and actually it says David, it, it, it mentioned David was the one greatly distressed. In verse 6, because the people told, spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. I've seen people in grief and they get mad. I've never seen them mad before, but when something happens and someone dies in their life, they get so angry and mad because death and loss, anger is a part of death and loss. And they're, they're fighting mad. I, I've seen someone that I'm close to that I love whenever I went to their house and I told them that someone died in their family. This person jumps out of the chair and he's wanting to fight me and he's yelling and screaming. I had to physically force this person back down into their chair and say, Stop it! Why? Because when someone has grief in their life, they go after anyone. They go after even the very person that is leading them. They go after someone because there's so much hurt and grief and despair in their life. There are some sitting in this room here and watching online that the circumstances of your life have gone in a terrible direction. And you have been in great sorrow for a long time. You have cried until you ran out of tears. You have cried until you have collapsed in exhaustion. You have cried because because of the circumstances that you are in or the circumstances that someone else is in those men knew what was going to happen to their wives and kids they knew what was in store for their loved ones and all they could do was cry, cry, cry grown men, men of war sitting and crying and crying and crying until they couldn't cry any longer for some listening here today it's no fault of your own with what has happened in your life. Life has treated you very unfairly. Life has treated you very unkindly. And you wonder what you have done wrong. And I want to tell you something here this morning. You have done nothing wrong. This is something we live in called life. A broken people. A broken people. But yet for others it's because of what you have done. Is why you are in the situation you are in. The terrible trial is pressing now David. Death may be around his corner with the very men that he leads. And in that pressing as Ziggler 
flag and not pressing to say and tell who David really was inside there. It brings David back to the Lord where David hadn't been in a few years the pressing the hard time the worst time of his life up until that moment brought him directly back into relationship with his God there it says David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This literally means he strengthened himself in Jehovah. You've got to be convinced before you can convince others. You have got to believe in yourself before you ask others to believe in you. You have got to know that you know that you know that you know in your own heart, in your own mind. And you got to have the joy before you can give the joy to somebody else. And so David decided, even though I'm in the press, even though I'm in a terrible situation, even though there's destruction and pain and sorrow all around me, and not only for me, but all the guys that I am in charge of, I will encourage myself because I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I know it I can get with Jehovah I can be strengthened by him in this moment if I can be convinced that I can recover all then I can convince these guys behind me that they can recover all I've come with a very simple message here this morning to try to tell you this I'm convinced at firstborn ministries that we are going to see revival in this city and I'm convinced that what the enemy has taken in your life is going to be restored in your life it's going to be restored in my life I got the joy of the Lord this morning and what I'm trying to do is stand behind this pulpit as your pastor and say this I'm trying to convince you too I'm trying to convince you too I'm trying to convince you too I feel a preach coming on here this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost starting to come inside this room. Faith is starting to rise up in your heart. That's what happened to David that day. Faith started to rise. Faith started to rise in David's heart. Maybe he remembered the same God who was with me as a little shepherd boy. The same God when I was on the backside of the desert who gave me the power to defeat the lion and the bear. The same God who gave me an eagle eye to land the stone in the middle of that giant's head. The same God that was with me then. He remembered the God while he was in affliction then. If he had done it before, he will do it again. Maybe he remembered his own writings whenever he penned. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And he started to encourage himself in God. I'm talking to someone here at Firstborn that needs to rise up in this room and start encouraging yourself in the Lord. Stop waiting for your circumstance to get better. It might not ever get better in your life, but what can be better is you standing up and say, no matter what comes my way, no matter what comes my family's way, 
way. Everything could be burned to the ground. I'm still going to stand up and say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? In the name of Jesus, right now I pray that there would be a breaking in this service. That there would be a breaking of strongholds in the lives of men and women in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Here is the message in a nutshell. David needed to get from one poor to another poor. You're saying, what in the world are you saying here? This is so confusing. David needed to get from P-O-O-R, poor, poor in spirit, poor in flesh, poor mentality. He was just poor all the way around. David needed to get from that poor to P.O.R.Poor. Say, what does that mean? David got out the ephod. The garment had things in it, stones they believe, that would light up and it would help them know direction from God. And he got out that ephod and he put it on. He said, God, I need you to talk to me right now. He said, shall we pursue? You see my men, they're tore up, they're beat up, and they're crying like little babies. The Lord, the word of the Lord that sets every fear at rest. The word of the Lord that comes to our life that sets every fear to ease says these three things to David. David, get up. Get your men with you and pursue. And when you pursue, you're going to overcome. And when you overcome, you're going to recover all. He said, David, you need to get from P-O-O-R to P-O-R. David, you need to get in a poor situation. Not in the situation that you're in. But you need to pursue. You need to overcome. And you will recover all. Let me tell you, there was no immediate change when the word came. There was even, it got worse. They started, they started marching. They didn't even know where they were going. They didn't know where the Amalekites were. They had no idea where they were hiding out. But David got a word from God. And he said, we're going to start marching. His men said, where are we going? He said, I don't know. But we're going to recover all when we get there. And we're going to overcome then. Some might have said, you're crazy. Some might look at me this morning and say, you're crazy to think Rockford's going to change. We just had the most murders in 2020 that we've ever had. You might think I'm crazy. We might not even know exactly where God wants us to be or going. 
but we, excuse me, where exactly he wants us to be in the future, but we do know where we're going. We know we are on our way to the greatest outpouring that this world has ever seen. And so I will pursue. I will march. I will walk. I'm not looking behind me. I'm going in front of me. I'm pursuing. Where are you going? I don't really know. But I know when God tells me I'm there. I know it. And when we get there. So they have no idea where they're going. Think about that. They have no idea. It gets worse. 200 of the men can't make it. They can't make it. And so now it's just him and 400 guys going to fight a big army. 200 men can't make it. They have no idea where they're going. They have no idea what they're going to do. But David said, I got a word. I got a word. And I'm no longer in that P-O-O-R situation. In that poor situation. I'm in a poor situation. But I'm in the P.O.R situation. First more ministries. It's time for 2021 to be poor. It's time for 2021 to be poor. I'm going to put that up on our Facebook when I get done preaching. And I'm going to say it's time for 2021 to be poor. Here's what God's going to do for us this year. We're going to pursue after righteousness. We're going to pursue after the things of God. We're going to pursue after His face and His glory. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I can't stand up here and prophesy what's going to happen. But we're going to pursue. We're going to pursue. And in 2021, we're going to overtake the enemy. We're going to overtake Satan. We're going to overtake the struggles in your family. You're going to overtake the addictions that bind you even now. We're going to overtake. Why? Because we're in a poor situation. We're in a poor situation. We're in a poor situation. How's it going to work? Well... Here's how it worked with David. They found a man almost dead on the side of the road. He was from the Amalekites. He was their enemy. But God will use the enemy for his good. You're scared because the enemy's in your backyard. But what you don't understand is God brought that to you for your good. He brought that enemy, which you perceive as an enemy, for your good. And when you keep pursuing, you will overtake. And not only will you overtake, but who you thought was your enemy is going to stand next to you and is going to show you the way out. Oh, someone's getting it here this morning. Someone's getting it here this morning. And so they find the man almost dead. And they look, and he hadn't had food for three days. And there, the Amalekites left him on the side of the road. Because when the enemy's done with someone, they discard him. And they leave him for dead. There's somebody here this morning, or watching online, the enemy has discarded you because they think you're dead and gone. They think there's no life left in you. But I've come to tell you, there is life left in you here this morning 
And what the enemy did was he didn't wait for you to die. They take him. And that man leads him right to the camp of where their enemy was. All because one man got a word from God and he decided to put God at the test. One man said, I'm going to pursue. Are you with me? One man said, I'm going to pursue even when we don't know where we're going, but we know the final outcome. (laughs) We might not know what 2020 has in store. I'm not going to tell you that one day we're just going to say bye to masks. I'm not going to tell you that the government won't try to hinder and put us down but what I am going to tell you is that we keep pursuing we might not know the path we're on but we will overtake and I read the back of the book and at the back of the book says that we win because if I die on this life I start rejoicing on the other side if I take my last breath in this life I take my first breath in eternity And I win. I win. I've overcome. I've overcome. And I've gotten everything back in my... Come on, David. Come on. There's a breaking in this place. Uh, here's, here's what I believe what the Lord wants us to do this morning. Not every service is like this, I know. But God wants us to rejoice this morning. He wants us to rejoice. He doesn't want us to be down in the dumps. We're not going to play a so sad song. We're going to play a, a upbeat, we're on a victory march, we're, we're on the winning side kind of song. Because I'm, I'm trying to convince someone God has not forgotten about you in 2020. He understands the pain. He sees the tears you cry. He knows all the hurts inside of you. He came to let me tell you that if you start pursuing this morning, you're going to overcome. believe it can be right now it can be right now you can overcome and you are going to recover all the devil fought he threw a knockout punch to firstborn last year thing after thing after thing punched us in our face and punched you all but what the devil failed to do was to throw out the knockout, the knockout punch. He thought we were down for the count, but he also thought Jesus Christ was down for the count. And as he began to say, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 
five, something started to roll around. It was called an angel getting ready. The angel steps up. Four. The angel rolls away the stone. Three. The devil still thought he had. He can't rise up again. One. And before the clock hit zero, the devil found out the knockout punch that he thought it was was not anything for Jesus Christ because he rose again on that third day. Firstborn, there's going to be a rising again because there's a third day that's come to your life. There's a third day in 2021. And I rejoice today with you. I rejoice today with you because we're pursuing. We're overcoming. And what the devil stole from us, we're going to grab it back again. rejoice again here's what the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was finishing up the Lord said he was going to use the unique challenges in unique ways he was going to use like the man they found on the side of the road that was they thought their enemy but it was for their good he's going to use the most unique and even sometimes awkward in our own midst ways 
to recover all. I'm telling you, there's going to be some different things happen this year. The Lord said there's going to be some different things. But don't be afraid of the different. Don't be afraid of those that don't look the part. Because they are sent here to further the revival that God has brought to our community. Don't look bad on the pastors. If something that you think is out of line, it's not. Is God using the enemy on the side of the road that thought the enemy thought they were dead to rise up for good? He's going to use those type of people. To further his kingdom. It's going to be a poor 2021. It's going to be a poor 2021. And when God gets done, he's going to give you everything that you lost. But more than that, he's going to add people to the flock. He's going to add the enemies in our life to the flock. Those that were mad in 2020 about services and and us gathering together, you're going to find out they're going to be the ones that are going to come running to these doors. They're going to be the ones that are saying, you were right. We were wrong. You were right. I need God in my life. And let me show you how you can reach my family. Let me show you how you can reach my neighbors. That's what that man did. And that's what people are going to do that come in here. And when we reach one, they're going to show us how to reach many. And when we reach this one, that one's going to show us how to reach the prostitutes. That one's going to show us how to reach the homeless. That one's going to show us how to reach the outcasts. That one's going to show us how to reach the atheists. I'm telling you, what God is doing in this year is going to be so poor. It's going to blow your mind. We're going to pursue. We're going to overtake or overcome. And we're going to recover all. The days aren't behind us of a packed out sanctuary. The days aren't behind us of many works starting because of firstborn ministries. The days aren't behind us. They're in front of us. Don't give up. Don't get down. Become poor this year. Become poor this year. Pursue. And you will overtake. And you will recover. Oh, yeah. So celebrate in the presence of the Lord. He is worthy. Come on and celebrate. be poor in 2021. I'm going to be poor.
One more time, celebrate. Celebrate in the presence of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Celebrate in the presence of the Lord. Put a mask on and just get out and start dancing in the aisles here this morning. This mask don't hinder me from worshiping the Lord at all. I could preach the whole service in this mask if I wanted to. It don't, it don't, it don't bother me from speaking in a different language. The Lord doesn't look at the mask and say, oh, 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 they, they can't have the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I challenge someone to get out of your seat. Get a mask on and start pursuing after God. And say, I'm going to use this as a demonstration. That devil, I'm on your trail. And I am going to take back everything that you stole from me. I refuse to be a victim any longer. I refuse to cry hot tears any longer because I'm a conqueror because of Christ Jesus in my life and I choose in 2021 not to be stagnant not to go backwards but to go forward to overtake and recover everything he stole from me Come on and celebrate in the presence of the Lord. what the scripture says they shall lay hands upon the sick call for the elders lay hands upon the sick they shall recover whether you're sick mentally physically emotionally 
Right now, we're going to pursue. We're going to overtake depression in this house. We're going to overtake suicide in this house. Oh, the spirit of suicide has been rampant in 2020. We're going to take over violence in this house. We're going to take over murder. Murder, you have no right in our city. If you want prayed for, raise your hand right now. We're going to lay hands on you. God is going to heal you. God is going to deliver you. All right, prayer team, look for the hands this morning. If they're on a, at a seat, that's okay. Go back to the seats. We're going to lay hands upon the sick. They're going to recover. Demons are going to be cast out this morning. Devils are going to run for their lives in the name of Jesus this morning. If depression is on you, raise your hand. Don't be afraid to tell somebody. If you have anxiety, raise your hand. I speak against anxiety in the name of Jesus. I feel that. I feel that spirit in this room. I speak against anxiety in the name of Jesus. Release them. Let them be free in the mighty name of Jesus. You have no power over them, anxiety. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I feel there's some battling here, like I said, with suicide. There's been suicidal thoughts come to your life. I can see it. I can see it all over you. I speak against suicide. I speak against self-destruction. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You are perfect and wonderfully made by God. And in the name that is above every other name, in the name of Jesus, suicide, leave from them. In the name of Jesus, self-destruction, leave from them. In the name of Jesus. on that's it all around this house being a way of prayer let a prayer meeting break out in this room God is not done yet I'm not trying to I'm not trying to just uh, keep things going no 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 God is doing something right now that's all right that's all right come on I speak to those in this room and those watching online this morning. You believe in your spirit and in your soul that nothing is going to get better. You believe that you have done as much as you can in this life. You believe that your family is not going to get better, but even worse. Hatayar. 
I speak against that in the name of Jesus. I speak faith in your life right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray that faith will arise in your heart. I pray that the joy of the Lord will rise in your heart even now. And I pray that a word from the Lord will be deposited into your spirit even now that your best days aren't behind you, but that your best days are in front of you. And if you destroy what is destroying your family, your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids will never have to deal with what you are dealing with right now. But it's in you in this moment to start pursuing and believing that God wants better for you in your life in the name of Jesus Break through in my praise, break through when I live to glorify your name. 
the breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough. When I can't see my way. One more time, one more time. Break through in my heart, break through in my mind, break through in my spirit, break through in my soul, break through in my weakness, break through in my struggle. You are the God, you are the God of the breakthrough when I worship, break through when I pray, break through when I live and glorify your name, break through when I dance, break through when I shout. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough. And when I can't see my way through, I really don't know what to do. I look to you, breakthrough. Walls fall down when I shout. Strongholds break when I pray. minutes, someone I've never met before, doing a funeral for them, I'm just going to keep this look, all disheveled, my hair in my face, they're going to look at me and say, that dude looks really poor, I'm going to say, you got that right, (laughs) I'm poor in 2021, I'm poor, poor, come on firstborn, continue pursuing I know, I know, I know it's been hard but God is with us God is with us I know there's been tragedy that's broke my heart but God is still with us and I will pursue and overtake I know he's going to restore all plus, 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 plus in our lives. I feel a lot better than how I came in here this morning. How about you? Feel like you can make it? You can. bless you all we truly do, don't just say this we truly do love each and every one of you you're a family and I I miss you when you're not here and I'm thankful when I see you and your smiling face and I can't wait to see what the Lord is going to do in your guys' families this year tragedy and triumph pain and sorrow through tears and joy to be poor in the name of Jesus. Thank you all for coming. 
Stay as long as you would like. Let's just continue to worship the Lord, but you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Stay as long as you want. Worship God. I don't want to ever tell you that you have to leave. You don't got to even get out. God bless you. Amen. What do we say? Well, I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. I feel the joy of the Lord living in me. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. Going the joy of the Lord today. I feel the joy of the Lord falling fresh on me. I feel the joy of the Lord living in me. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. Joy of the Lord the Lord delivering me. I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost all over me. Where I have been loosed, I've been set free.